Welcome to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys looking to model positive Christian leadership in our work, families, church, and communities. Want to discover ways to apply scripture effectively in everyday life? Tired of the pat answers in Sunday school? Then settle in for a gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny Christian podcast. And now, No Church Answers. <laughs> Welcome to No Church Answers, a Christian roundtable discussion for men. This is podcast number 283, hard to believe, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Boom! Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around. Find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we are. You know, we're not pastors, but we're regular guys, each on our own spiritual journey, making daily challenges just like you, and that's why we're here. We're having a Christian discussion for men, and unlike others, we aren't taking any church answers. So we're glad that you've joined us. You know, this podcast has been called Deliberately Provocative and Unexpectedly Funny, so we're glad you checked us out. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're on Facebook, YouTube, and at nochurchanswers.com. So you can rate our podcast, leave a review, and you know it wouldn't be possible without your support. So thank you so much to everybody out there that consistently gives to us. Um, at this time, I'm going to just jump right in and introduce our panel. He is a former world-class policy writer and a professional gambler. He is our show producer, Mr. Steve Ditch. Yeah. Hey, Steve. A former prosecutor, an attorney, kind of the group historian. We still call him the judge. It's Michael Cropper. Hey, hey Mike. And back in the saddle from New Orleans, and I assume sobered up with a note from his wife. He is. Uh, a I'll tell corp- you all a story later. Uh, he cor- just gave the wife. <laughs> so you're not sober. <laughs> That's he's right. Not sober. So he's not sober yet. <laughs> oh, is that note really from his wife? <laughs> is that what he told or you? Actually, <laughs> it's from someone that claims to be his wife. I, I, I don't know how. I don't, I, I don't know how long. But he's a corporate trainer. A big deal in talent development, which is kind of like commercial grade teacher, and uh, kind of the group theologian. It's Robert Koshu. And uh, my name is uh, Bill Cox. I'm basically uh, a salesman and kind of like the director. And with that, we're going to jump right in and uh, go to our producer, Steve Titch. Yes. um, Well, we've done a number of podcasts on suffering. Uh, One of my favorites is, is, is actually came out of Mike's quote where he said i'm i broke my leg and i'm supposed to be joyous and that's what we called the podcast but uh so so we're looking to take a different different tack here uh as we look through first peter and again as i've always said at the top of each first peter is writing kind of a guide to the counterculture of christianity of its first century time and uh, they're working out suffering as as christians do today what's it all about and no doubt this question came up right at the start. Again, it's one of my favorite things to join. That you know, the kid down the hall in the dorm is thinks they're the first ones to discover the fact that, gee, Jesus came, but we still suffer. What's the story? Well, I'm sure this crossed the mind of Peter as well as there's be as he's being run out of city to city and put in jail. Um, so they have to work this out as to what suffering is all about, and and certainly there was suffering uh, at the time because of persecution, 
they were they were believed to be uh, a heretical sect of the Jewish faith at the time. Uh, the Romans and the Roman establishment and the provincial establishments didn't particularly like them either. Uh, and there was persecution already at the time this letter was written, and it was only going to get worse. So we'll talk a little, I hope, about suffering for the faith, but also suffering in general and, and really what's it all about. And are we too, in, in our day and age, have we come, become too obsessed with it, uh, with the idea of suffering uh, and really what is, is the right uh, Christian witness to situations in where indeed we suffer? Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah. Um, I'm going to quote a little bit from the uh, author. We have a lesson, of course, uh, we've talked about it, th Connects 360. And, and Steve has alluded to the, the, uh, the suffering that, that we are supposed to be going through because the, the author says we're supposed to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. And Jesus, in fact, said that. He says you can't be a disciple if you don't pick up your cross. So in today's terms, what does that mean for us living in the 21st century? Let me, let me read you a, an introduction that the author says about this. He says, Christians in today's world often suffer at the hands of those who disagree with them. In cultures where there is a freedom of religion, that often comes from those who choose to deny the existence of any divine being. Believers are often ridiculed, Steve mentioned this, mis misrepresented, and they're often ostracized by atheistic and agnostic antagonists. Now, in other cultures where a state-sanctioned non-Christian religion exists, and of course we could refer to China as that and possibly uh, 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 Iran or, or Sudan, and in other places where Christian evangelism is outlawed, persecution exists that may be encouraged by the state. In these situations, Christians face economic and physical persecution. Now, Mike, when I think of suffering for Christ, I think of Paul the Apostle being beaten and jailed for preaching the gospel. Or I think of Peter and John being thrown into jail also for preaching the gospel. Or James being thrown in jail and then, then killed by Herod uh, uh, and Antipas or whichever one was in charge at that time. But anyway, One of the Herods. Yes, yes, one of the Herods. Uh, and, and finally, Stephen being stoned to death for telling off the Sanhedrin because they totally missed God's message. I cannot say, Stephen mentioned this, I cannot say that I have suffered for Christ. I have been made fun of for my faith. My dad was not a Christian and he made fun of me. He believed that a man was supposed to be tough and I became nicer when I accepted Christ. So he asked me how I could believe in such nonsense that a God created the universe and yet he is omnipotent and yet he loves us very yet, very much, but yet he allows little children to get cancer or starve to death or be killed by soldiers during war. Well, I've been confronted with the same questions and more from other people who found it offensive that I believe Jesus Christ is actually my savior and is actually the savior of the world. But anyway, as Steve mentioned, our podcast today is about suffering and living as men in today's world. Bill? Well, that makes me feel a lot better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Professor, welcome back. Uh, so uh, I'm going to tell a total non-church-related or Christian faith-related story with this. And that non-Christian... Hey, it, no, this, is, no, this is total non... This is like these, total non -Christian. These guys play with so, too much So Bill, Bill talks that I am... In the talent development world, meaning that I actually world I live in that world of corporate trainers and structural designers and all that. 
One of the latest Facebook posts that I saw was from a corporate designer who, oh my God, my company is disrespecting me. And they just don't care about me. And I am just being mistreated. And then you read on and you find out they're being mistreated because their company made a decision because of budget cuts. They relocated their office to a smaller space and they put everybody into an open plan with cubicles. And according to this person, this is like the end of the world and I'm being disrespected and mistreated and they just don't care about me at all. And 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 and, and I what bring did this he up have before so this because an office. In, they were in an old school office oh, kind oh, of situation. Wow. So. But just a plain <laughs> instructional designer. Mm-hmm. I have not had an office until I was at my current company. Mm-hmm. And I kind of joke because among my friends, I was one of the first people that had their own office who lost it and then I, now I'm one of the last who's moving back mm-hmm. into an office. But it 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 in, in answer to your question early, and this is why I brought this up, and, and I am going to tie this into the church as we move through the lesson, but is there a culture of victimhood? Yes. Honestly, your company probably doesn't care what you think. I'll be honest with you. This was a pure budgetary decision, but it's not like they're singling you out and I'm going to not, I'm going to make Susie or whatever her name is suffer. Mm by sticking her in a cube. This is all, it's called a budget. Well, wait till, <laughs> wait till she gets to the cafeteria. There's no hazelnut creamer either. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, boy, you ain't kidding. Really suffering. Yeah, you know, I, I, I kind of laughed about all of the layoffs in the tech industries. And if you ever watched a show called The Extraordinary, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and it was kind of a take on a culture, on a, tech company and they had a cereal bar and privacy pods and blah blah (laughs) all this other junk you know and foosball tables you know not in the break room but like all over the place and you know and and it was one of those that was somewhat of a parody but there was a lot of truth in it you want to know why the tech sector is laying people (laughs) off like crazy because they spent money stupidly for years (laughs) (laughs) you know but but it's one of those there's a I, i personally believe that there is a culture of victimhood that exists particularly among a younger generation, that everything Mm -hmm. to them is a vile insult. And honestly, they carry that over into into Christianity because they think everything that happens against them then becomes, quote-unquote, persecution. And then they have to, oh, my God, I'm being persecuted. No, you're being an idiot (laughs) is a lot of the time. Bill? (laughs) All right, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read the scripture. This is First uh, Peter four twelve through nineteen. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for testing, as though something strange were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that at the revelation of His glory, you may also rejoice. And be overjoyed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer or thief or evildoer or troublesome meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, he is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in his name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the household of God and if it begins with us first, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? 
And if it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? Therefore, those who suffer according to the will of God are to entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Now, the only time that I can remember, I mean, I had people that tried to, uh, and I shared this a couple times before, uh, tried to make fun of me and called me uh, church boy, you know, when I was growing up, because I always went to church. But see, they didn't understand my family dynamic. My family dynamic was I had four sisters, and it was a drag. (laughs) There was two older and two younger. But they didn't like to go to church, and they would stay home. Middle of the Uh, yeah. I never realized that. Oh yeah, I, I am so like sorry. No, yeah, I was <laughs> the so right. Sorry, I was the middle <laughs> child, and when I went to church, I was the only son. I was the only child, man. It was great, and it was awesome. And I got to be with my parents because I always loved my parents. I never had that conflict that you know other people had. It was great. It was awesome. I mean, it just reinforced you know faith. But then one time, I was I was the manager of Firestone. <clears throat> And they were going to make us work seven days a week. And I told the guy, my boss, P.C. Johnson, never forget him. Bill, your store is underperforming. I go, you know, funny, Pete, you gave me this store. It was underperforming when I got here. We're, we're doing what we can. He goes, you'll need to be open seven days a week. I go, not a problem. I'll have my staff here, and we'll do a skeleton on Sunday, make sure some of the guys at least get off, maybe rotate. He goes, well, you'll need to be here. I go, no, no, no. Uh, you don't respect me as a man. I'm not going to, I won't be here. And so I quit my job. And I came to my Sunday school class. The guy goes, hey, we need a salesman. You want to sell computers? So I started that the next week. <laughs> so, I mean. Well, here's, here's, here's the thing. Um, and this is a chunky, chunky bit of scripture, which uh, I think speaks to the, the difficulty of the subject and the way Peter himself was wrestling with this. Um, he was saying, we suffer for, for the Lord, we will be rewarded, which is a nice thing to say, and it becomes very much a church answer these days. Um, but let's, let's get real. And this is one thing I didn't like about, about the author's uh, analysis of both, of, of, in both chapters. Here in the United States, no one is being persecuted for being a Christian, there right. are there are some isolated right. cases you hear about, but but let, let's remember those By and those, large. those By folks and large. In, those folks in Colorado who baked the cake. The U.S. Constitution stood up for them. <laughs> they they won their case. <laughs> Likewise, yeah, I, you're not, and and I, that's might be the worst that could happen to you. It and, absolutely, and, well. and on the on the on the other hand. Probably there's just as much privilege in this country being a member of a church because of exactly how you pointed yes. out. You yes. had a you had exactly. a jerk for a manager. Yeah. But and, and, and we even hear, we even come sometimes call the people out on this podcast who come to church and see church purely as a networking opportunity. Uh, yeah, abs- and we know so, them. So, and, and we know so, them. So, so yes. I, and, and I'm gonna also shout out because there is there, there you go to the countries you mentioned. Iran, Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Uh, we heard a ch- story in church about a, 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 a North Korean Christian who's at the behest of a of a community in China smuggled a hundred Bibles into North Korea, probably at risk of his life uh, and, and his family. Absolutely, 
Um, and so th there's real persecution out there, and, and maybe you should talk to a missionary who has done some work literally behind the, enemy lines on this and to understand what real persecution is. So getting that on the table and off the table, and I right. do want to address this idea of, of suffering. Um, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that, because maybe some of us have suffered for our... our I, I have not. Aside from an occasional making fun of or arguing, but nothing that bodily harmed me or hurt me economically or physically. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our first break. This is No Church Answers. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is No Church Answers, and we are talking about suffering Suffering, suffering. That's kind of a drag. Nobody, nobody wants to. And honestly, I kind of agree with Steve. And Steve just brought it up. Our, happens to be our producer, wrote the notes, and I kind of agree with him this time. <laughs> no, we don't really do a lot of suffering for our faith in this country. But there's moments that are an example of people that do. And I'm kind of an old guy, and I remember the what was it? It was like Columbine. Remember, there was a girl there, yep. and one of the Dill yes, <clears throat> and one of the guys goes, "Are you a Christian?" And say he said, "Renounce your Christianity," and she said, "I will not," and he shot her and killed her. <laughs> Yeah, that, and was the, that was during Columbine. It does happen. Cassie, uh, Cassie right Burnell was her name. Michael W. Smith actually wrote a song about it. Yeah, that's right. And so there's moments that are examples of it. And so we feel that we kind of feel um, <clears throat> through osmosis. Mm -hmm. You know yeah, what I'm I, saying? I, so we, we feel through them, but the reality is we ourselves aren't. But I can tell you what. If you go overseas especially us as Americans, you'll realize the vast majority of people that love America live here. <laughs> you know, you go overseas, you're a lot more cautious with saying that you're American and saying you're Christian in a lot of areas too. And we lose that in the comfort of our own home. That's what I was going to say. The sense that I get, and, and good that you brought up and said something about the other countries and stuff, I, I, I think there's a perception by those around us who want to persecute us, that we are Miss Goody Two Shoes, and that we we do believe the only way to heaven is Christ. Okay, that's that's our faith, but we don't go beat, beating people over the head with it. But yet, when they're around us, if there is something said, many of those who are not Christians, maybe atheists, maybe agnostics, uh, Robert's favorite evangelicals, they. They are looking for a reason to be mad at us, right? And so they think, okay, 
you think you're the only ones who are right. You're the only ones that can, can go to heaven. And we're a bunch of morons. But we don't say that. The, the, again, no. they, they sense this being around us, or they have been told this from people around them, right? But yes, but this is the key. How do we react to that? And this yeah, is where yeah. the whole victimhood aspect of right. this, which I think is, in, in our day and age, has become now almost the de facto response well, to it, any it, sort it, of it, suffering. Let, let me and use so, an example. Well, let, me, let, me, okay. let, me, let me just, just address what he's yeah. saying. Yes, so, so the idea isn't even to just take a, no, you're wrong. It's the... Oh, you atheists! By saying mean things to me, uh, oh, you know, I'm a victimized Christian. Oh, oh, this well, Christianity is under attack. Just look at Fox News because this atheist criticized Chris Pratt, and obviously, and and, and goes oh, on. Of course, and, of and and and, I'll, and, and I'll, I'll go back to to Robert now, but but I think no. this is this is where it's key to to I guess maybe the proper and merely countercultural response to suffering is is different from that. Well, and, and this is an example, and this is this particular one has come up multiple times over. So kids at the end of, say, a school day, or they're doing standardized testing, and so they're told they can read books on their reading list. And some kid gets to burn up his saddle, I want to read my Bible. Well, no, you can't read that. You can read one of the books on the list. Oh, I'm being discriminated against as a Christian. No, you're being an idiot. You were told what books were available, and as long as they're not a bunch of pornography, you know, their book, generally when they do that kind of assignment at school, it's books that are on their assigned reading list that they're supposed to be reading anyway. You know, and it's like, no, you're not being persecuted against. You're being an idiot. And you're, it's one of those, sometimes there, there's a certain segment of Christians who want to, I'm going to use the term, push the envelope. And then when they push it, Oh, my God, I'm being discriminated against. No, you're not. Now, on the back end of it, there are atheists and agnostics and others that want to push to the point, you know, against Christianity. And then, oh, they're, look at the Christian. They're trying to rule us. With that. No, you're being an idiot. You know, and, and it's one of those things I keep, th there is a balance, just like there is in everything in life. There, you know, Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything and everything has its place. Is it appropriate for me if I want to at lunch at work to read my Bible? Yes. Is it appropriate for me to pull my Bible out and read it when I'm not at lunch or on a break? No. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about it well, I, a little I, bit. I, I, and, it, and it's one of those, and it comes into that denouncement of victimhood and should you be ready to give up things for your faith? Yes, Bill, great example of I'm going to take. Now, I take a different take. I don't, I refuse to do work work on Saturday. I do it on Sunday. And people are like, well, that's against the Sabbath. No, 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 no. Go read the Sabbath definition. The Sabbath definition says to break, unplug, rest. Man, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath is the way I look at it. Sundays, I teach Sunday school. I have to be here. I have things mm -hmm. to do. I am engaging with society, and I'm engaging my brain. So if I decide to work on Sunday, I'm not taking away from, quote-unquote, downtime. Mm -hmm. You know, I take Saturday as I'm not touching my computer. I'm not doing stuff at work. You know, barring I work in oil and gas, so 
occasionally will I get an email alert that I need to deal with? Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, the, when I looked at this lesson but, <clears throat> and I read over the notes that uh, that the producer, Steve, put together, I just thought, it's like a neighborhood squabble. You know, it's like Texas A&M versus Texas in football. You know, ooh, we got a big war coming up. No, it's not war. It's a football game. <laughs> You know, and it's these people that, you know, we're suffering for our Christianhood. You know, there was no chips in the marshmallows. You know, we had to move to a smaller room. They hate us. You know, no. Those are like neighborhood squabbles. That means you don't have any problems. Put that person under fire. Put them out on the front line. Start firing live bullets at them. See how they act. And you know what? They'll come together. <clears throat> a prime example, <clears throat> Steve gambles over in the casinos in Louisiana. It's Texas money that's paving their roads, okay? And that's why They're we are not all... paving them well. <laughs> right. They just grow back and forth Right. But but the thing about it is Texas and the in the coon asses are always fighting, you know, the Texans and stuff. But you know what? During Harvey, the first people here was the Cajun Navy. And they helped us out, and they were awesome. And we helped them out, too. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I look like. Look at this kind of these, these squabbles well, that's, among. That's the good example. That's the response. Because I do want to get into this whole idea of we, 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 we've been talking about this idea of, of wallowing in suffering, finding reasons to suffer. Yes. Now, let me, let me. I don't think God or Jesus wants people to suffer. You know, I don't. I think I think it saddens God. But the thing is, it's a fact of this fallen world. And and you know, you get we just we're dealing with this earthquake in in Turkey, yes, forty thousand, forty four thousand. Yeah. Um, think of the suffering. And, uh, and 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 you know, and that's just, that's a natural disaster. Um, you know, there's still you know Putin over there with and the Ukrainians. You know, that is that's real. T- that's hard. Um, yeah. But so, suffering. It's inevitable in this life. I know part, part of the culture wants to avoid it. I mean, you know, we got to swoop in. Our kids, our kids are, are got a bad grade. Well, I got to swoop in and talk to the teacher about that because lest he, lest my kid not learn that, you know, learn that I don't study for a test, I'm not going to get a good grade. I've got to go in and, and alleviate that suffering right away. But uh, as men, here's here's what I was going to go on. We we've got uh, generally. The culture gives us two messages, uh, especially if you're a man, to how to deal with suffering. Um, kind of the old school is where we're all because we're older. It's it's kind of kind of from our dads. Is that you just suck it up? You don't. Yeah, yeah. Your your you your 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 shoulder might be killing you in pain from arthritis, or you might have a, a knee problem. Or you're not getting or some, some, something more out emotional. You're not dealing. Your marriage is falling apart. Don't talk about it. Say everything's fine and just suck it up because it's unmanly to admit you're hurting. And, and, and this is something yeah. you've always talked about as your that yeah. that that we can be awesome, but we can admit we're hurting. Uh, yeah, we, we of Absolutely. course we want to be awesome, but the cultural message and sometimes it seeps into the church. And, and it's something that, that, and what reason men sometimes come to church? Because they can go into a space where they can admit they're hurting because they can't do it anywhere else, which is sad. Right. 
Um, and the, 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 other, the other part is the victimhood, is to, is to what you do with your suffering. Suffering is real. Okay, what happens afterward? I, you know, I, I had a bad illness. My life may change. My life might change. You might, you might, you might lose a leg in, a, in an accident. You can't. You know, you you know, you're, you might be in a wheelchair or in prosthetic. You might lose a degree of freedom. Your life may change. Are you going to live that suffering day in and day out for the rest of your life and not move past it? Which is, which is, sometimes this culture goes along with that. Oh, poor baby, you're stuck. Oh, poor Uncle, Uncle Joe, he's, he's in a wheelchair, he's sad. I guess that's why we have to excuse the fact that he doesn't say anything nice to anybody and he's mean and he throws things off the table because, you know, if you were him, you'd do the same thing. No, I think our religion, our faith, gives us the Holy Spirit, the power not to be victims, but to be survivors. Oh, and that's a new way of thinking yeah. of it. You survived well, cancer. You survived an abusive spouse. You survived a hurricane. You, you moved past it. You took ownership of it. And I think that's, that's something, and I'm going to something go out on a limb chair. That's something that requires the Holy Spirit. So I, I'm going to use an example, a little older hurricane, Hurricane Ike, when it came mm-hmm. through. It came through, and we lost a third of our roof down to the wood deck. Spent the night poking holes in my ceiling to drain water in the whole nine yards. I got up the next morning. I got out to Home Depot. I got the tarp, nailed it down to keep as much water out as possible. You know, the next Sunday, we started ripping the carpet out, you know, putting it up. We, we dealt with the situation. We didn't wallow in, oh, my God, look what happened to our house and blah, blah, blah. I had saw other people in my neighborhood. They woke up Saturday morning while it was still sprinkling, shut their house completely up, left, and stayed gone for 11-plus days with the house completely shut up and sealed up until the insurance agent showed up. Let's ask about how much toxic mold was in their house at that moment. But, but it, 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 and, and I, I equate it to that, Steve, because there are some of us that want to Oh my God! Something bad has happened. I'm just not going to deal with it, and I'm going to and and that is not what the Holy Spirit called. Because what did Paul say? Paul rejoiced. Why was Paul rejoicing in suffering? Because he was suffering for the name of Christ. But that didn't mean he stopped preaching. Matter of fact, you know, he he was known for converting the guards. <laughs> you know, part part of the reason there's such a big one little known fact. There was a very big Christian group inside the Roman army and a lot of people trace that back to the centurion and the Roman official that interacted with Jesus and then Paul and Peter's preaching Paul especially where the Romans were exposed to it you know the suffering he didn't wallow in well they're just going to beat me up so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut no he kept preaching and he kept dealing with things and I think part of it is as Christians we really need to learn how do we acknowledge suffering, but then how do we move beyond the suffering? Well, the, the question that I like to ask is, do you play to win or are you just a bad loser? <laughs> and I was playing soccer for Central Michigan University, and there was a guy, Rob. He was, he was the best player on our team, but he really wasn't that great. 
And uh, every time somebody would touch him, he'd fall on the ground. He'd yeah. start he writhing, and he, he was, was a flo- he was a flopper. And I was one a, of those yellow and red. Cars. Yeah, and I and I was a goal, and I was a goalie, and he was flopping around like a hurt tuna. And uh, and I looked at him, and there was this old guy looking at him, and I go, uh, honestly, sir, it didn't look really that bad to me. He goes, don't worry. Rob's my son. I know him. <laughs> that's the that's the thing about life. Uh, don't make life worse than it really is. There's some people that just rejoice in bad things happening to them. It gives them attention. They're the ones. They're the hypochondriacs. They're the ones that always go. They go. They go to the hospital because someone actually cares for them. And that's why. And it soothes them. But unfortunately, as we physically age, that stuff is going to, it might be psychosomatic now, but it's going to become real. There are people like you guys are talking about. And I I know I went out with one girl at college at University of Texas way back in the uh, ancient 80s. She's listening. She's listening, Mike. She was actually uh, Miss, Miss Fort Worth. She's very attractive. Yeah, yeah, very attractive. But very negative and pessimistic now folks what we're talking about the guys are telling you about mm-hmm. people have a natural character to to find the negative and they like to be bearers of bad news mm-hmm. oh yes yes, right? yes and one day i came and, and sorry i i had uh, i had graduated from university of texas i came back to ut and i i went to the dorm where we had stayed and she was there and she comes out and says guess what mike guess what how are you doing it's good to see you she says my mom's in the hospital. <laughs> this, <laughs> this nice. Was her, nice. This was the way she gre- greeted me and said hi, and she was really happy about that. So she was bearing bad news in a very But happy it, she was way. the first one. She was the first one to tell you, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my, 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 dad was, my dad was that way. I, I've talked about him in the past. My dad's pretty negative about everything. Uh, if he could win the lottery and win a million dollars. And he would still find something yeah. negative about it. Well, like, it wasn't two. It wasn't two. Yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah, I got to pay taxes or something, or I got to share it with the wife. Or yeah. He always I, had some way of spending a negative mm-hmm. detail to the positive situation. I'm going to do something that you guys, nobody should do, but this is funny. <laughs> it, this is funny. At a party, my wife took me to, and I didn't really know anybody, and she goes, this guy's really negative. And so I was up there getting drinks, and he was negative. And he goes, well, this happened to me. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to go lower than him every time. <laughs> oh, wow, that happened to you, man. This is what happened to me. Right. I fell down two flights of stairs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And I went six rounds with him. I went six rounds. And and he goes, he goes, yeah, but on the way here, it was raining. I go, dude, not only was it raining, I almost got hit by a car when I got out of my car. And he goes, really? <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just, it's unbelievable. There are some people that are just like that and you just have to recognize it you just you know i think part of this um is just dealing with people i like i've said this many times i don't fix people i i I deal with them i mean i'll let them be bricks i'll be mortar i'll be fairly flexible you know just just dealing with them i mean Mm -hmm. some bricks i don't want to deal with so i throw them out (laughs) i throw them back you know but 
Yeah. Folks, with Bill, you got to take Bill with a grain of salt. It's right. like the Pepsi commercial on the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Did y'all all see the Pepsi commercial on the Super Bowl? The, uh, ben Stiller was... Oh, uh, the no, actor. Oh, the right. actor. Yeah. Okay, okay. And okay, also okay. later, another I was actor trying to did this. Which one and, it was. They, and what they did, they, they said, I'm an actor. This Pepsi is fantastic. It is the mm-hmm. best I've ever had in my life. Now... Am I acting or am I telling the truth? Right. So you got to take Bill. So Bill's right. telling you all these counter arguments he had with the guy. So take that with what for what it is. He's an actor, folks. Hey, <laughs> hey, but you know what? I that I did count, and it was six. And with that, we're going to go ahead, but we're going to take the second break. This is No Church Answers. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We hope you enjoy our show as much as we enjoy doing it. But our ministry needs your support if we are to continue to bring our TV show, our podcast, our live shows to men seeking spiritual refreshment. For as little as $5 a month, you can become a patron of Man Up Spiritual Oasis. Get more details at our page on patreon.com. If you would like to support us directly, you can make a contribution through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. All contributions are tax deductible. We're not pastors, just regular guys. So whether you're successful or struggling, we hope to bring you the good news of God's saving grace as we share our own spiritual journeys. Please consider supporting Man Up and No Church Answers today. And welcome back, everybody. This is No Church Answers. We are talking about uh, suffering and uh, uh, the ministry of suffering or cult of victimhood. And honestly, I think if you would ask the generations previous to us, I think every generation thinks the next generation is getting soft. And it's because technology always continues the fact that our we are engineering out our responsibilities and and and, and the manual labor and stuff. So I think uh, everybody is going to think that the generation that follows them is a bunch of pansies. Just it, I, but I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears, and I, I don't mean if. Well, I don't mean to embarrass you, Bill, but if I'm going to embarrass you, tough. Because I want to turn things a little more positive. Because I mean, here we are. We're we're we're, we're having a good time here. And and if if you if this is the first podcast you've turned into, you you might not you don't know that that Bill's wife is dealing with cancer, seriously advanced cancer, um, and and it's been that way for 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 almost going six months now. Um, um, yeah, yeah, and 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 and, and and on top of that, you lost your job as part of that. You're you're not you're not going through the happiest of circumstances right now, and and, and I'm putting you on the spot because I want you to kind of get your get get an idea of your frame of mind. You, we're doing this every week. You come in. You're you're on on the side. You one of your sketch comedy uh, script got. Um, you, it's it's a finalist, I guess, in 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 a competition coming up. So, how is your faith? You're, you're coming to church. I'm sure this affects you, but you're still you're still able to be Bill. <clears throat> well, I I think in my particular case, it's uh, it's having a touchstone, 
And, you know, in life, you're going to get a little bit off course, one blown off course one way or the other um, in life. But at least if you can keep yourself fairly closely calibrated and remember why you had that calibration, you know, remember why. And um, uh, I mean, I've been a Christian for years, but as far as historical figures, um, I was a big uh, fan of Marcus Aurelius. Because he wanted to be a philosopher, but he ended up being a ruler. So he's a, a, essentially a philosophical ruler. And, of course, the Stoics, um, which come out of that. But, I mean, honestly, I mean, you're absolutely right. I feel like I've had a Job moment um, in the fact that, um, <clears throat> I mean, I had two hip surgeries, essentially bedridden for six months. Um, during COVID, uh, during COVID, uh, my uh, my wife has uh, stage four cancer, and w- the the dynamic of my particular family is this: uh, we're an interior design. We have a company, interior design company, and she happens to be the president and the designer. So not only do uh, I, it, my wife is seriously ill, but we've lost the company, and I've worked on the side. Because uh, I always like to have my own job, but I can't do that because I was fired. <laughs> uh, but I, I did, uh, and and the, but the thing about it is, all of this has been pretty. I don't want to say I don't want to say easy for me, but I mean it's it's something that I'm equipped to do. I don't like it. I don't like being a caretaker and that kind of stuff. But you know what? You get married, you sign up, you show up. And so I have the ability to morph a little bit. And my Christianity has been kind and gentle and supportive in that way. My Christianity, I have also been smacked by Jesus too. And when I got smacked was when I got fired because um, my boss yelled at me and was a yeller and my pride got the best of me and um, I shot at him the look that if you yell at me one more time I will kick your ass and I meant it I didn't say it but I meant it and right then I got smacked because Jesus came, I mean, full bore right to my face. That was wrong. I got fired. Well, that was a couple of days later. So I think in life you have moments and you have moments of in uh, uh, life is, is elasticity Um, to get the maximum out of life. You you take your rubber band and you stretch it as much as you can without breaking it, okay? That's what I did. I pushed it. I pushed my recovery with my hip, and it got infected. <laughs> and I had to have it, had it replaced. I broke the rubber band. However, if you don't push it in life, you won't get very far. Your band will never stretch. You won't go anywhere. And so that and that's the thing, but you've got to have some type of guideline because 
I, ne- I never expected this. I mean, my wife's younger than me. She's healthier than me. <laughs> she's, she's got both of her hips. <laughs> you know? And then all of a sudden, I mean, it just turned. And, and you got to understand, this kind of stuff is going to hit you. I can't imagine if I didn't have faith. I mean, there's times when I sit up in the balcony and I just cry. I can't stop it. And, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to either. It's a real, I'm having a spiritual moment. And I think, men, you got to allow yourself to have it. And that's really helped me. You, you, you have to have a touchstone and a cornerstone. And I, I look at just our little group, and Mike, I'm going to say this. You've been the lucky one since we've started the podcast. You know, Mike, yeah. Mike's only stuff has been retirement. Yeah, because Steve had his accident, Steve, Steve and had you had your house. Steve had Steve a severe, was severe accident. Yeah, you know, like could have killed him accidentally. Absolutely, multiple months in the hospital. Bill, you've had your surgeries and this. I had my house flooded, yeah. so we moved out of. We had to move out of the house for a while, and I've, I've also been unemployed at least once during this. But you know, it, it if you don't have a touchstone in life and a place to go back to, then it's easy to wallow in the suffering as you go through. The suffering gives you the courage, I think, or the faith. When you have that faith and you have that touchstone, that cornerstone, the foundation, it gives you something to go fall back on. It doesn't mean, and I think this is really the ultimate lesson of suffering for Christians. It doesn't mean that all of your problems are going to go away and instantly dissolve. But it means that you have a rock in the faith that you can stay with and hang on to had you move forward with this. And and I know that sounds kind of churchy, but, you know, it, it's Bill staying in the balcony crying. It's showing up and doing the podcast every week despite everything else you've got going on. It's managing to realize that a and this, I think the suffering culture really ties into something, Steve. You and I have talked about, and we've talked about multiple, multiple times over, is the narcissism that exists in culture. It's not all about you. Well, they never get out of the house, and yeah, if you not, yeah. if you don't get out of the house, and that's the biggest, this the biggest problem is the Beverly's so weak she can't get out of the house because she can't be as exposed to germs and stuff, and so. But that's the hard, That's the hardest part of it because you never get to concentrate on something else. Yeah. You're living with it twenty four seven. You never get a break, and 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 that's the thing. That's the the community and corporate worship, and that's why it's so important. It gets you to stop focusing on yourself. Just give your mind a break. Can I touch on something? Yeah. Very no. basic. You guys have covered this. Folks, I have had a problem mixing trials and tribulations with suffering because it's interchanged throughout our scriptures. Mm -hmm. And this may be very basic. You guys already know this. But I started looking it up and I thought, thinking, what, what, why do we sometimes use the word trials and sometimes suffering in the Bible? Well, the the non-Christian definition of, of trials, and by the way, the world experiences trials and tribulation also. And the non-Christian definition of it is implies uh, suffering is conscience, endurance of pain and dis- or distress. 
example would be the suffering of famine victims, which you guys have mentioned, misery attending sickness, poverty, loss, the homeless live with misery every day. And then trials and tribulations as non-Christians, that was suffering again, folks. Trials and tribulations are challenges which someone is forced to endure to test their strength and their fortitude. Now, I'm going somewhere with it, <laughs> like usual, guys. So trials and tribulations, a Christian meaning is trials and tribulations are more than just hardships. In trials of unfortunate circumstances, our faith is tested and our devotion to Christ can grow from the suffering. As Paul's epistle in Romans says, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that sufferings produce endurance and endurance produces patience. Of course, James 1, 2 says the same thing. Rejoice in sufferings and trials and tribulations. So, similar to judicial trials of courts, this, this hits home to me. As, as I was an attorney, I did a lot of trials. Sir, uh, uh, similar to trials of courts and our personal trials and tribulations, the authenticity of our trust in God is revealed. And we are often found guilty for lacking in faith. So that, that hit home to me. Now, I want to make this very simple. My understanding, and you guys can add in if you want, Mike's belief is that trials are the events and the acts which occur. Suffering is the emotion and feelings that we experience because of the trials. And uh, mm -hmm. is it, is it, and Good if you job, disagree, Mike. you're welcome. Yeah. welcome. Like that. I that context. Uh, now, a couple uh. of other things. I want to refer to something Steve said, and Steve has touched on this real hard, but in our notes he says, suffering is something that happens to you. Victimhood, on the other hand, and you remember he's touched on that very heavily. He says, victimhood, on the other hand, is a choice. And a survivor, built, Steve says, as a person may be a victim of disaster, a disease, violence, prejudice, bullying, hate, or any very real bad situation that come down, but they don't stay victims. They choose to be survivors. Okay. A couple, couple points that we've been yeah. going through, and I just wanted to mention that. We're getting down to the end of the podcast, and uh, going to go around the fellas and get some takeaways. And uh, Professor, how was that Mardi Gras? Was that awesome? I actually heard one parade, and when I went to go see my friend who works for the New Orleans Convention and Visitors Bureau, she told me, well, you may want to Uber because it's a mile there. And I'm like, I've been eating New Orleans food for three days. I need to walk back and forth five times and then come inside and see right. to get nice. it off. So, New Orleans is an interesting town. Um, this really comes down to mindset. And we choose how we react to things and how we work with things. Are there chances you're going to be, and I'm going to use the word ridiculed for your faith? Yes. Is there a chance at some point in the future you may suffer, I'm going to say an economic penalty for your faith? Potentially. I think there's a bigger chance of that happening than a true, quote-unquote, persecution. Ultimately, you but, may have to. I know there are yeah. people who have had to make choices, yeah. mostly as an ethical decision, yeah. rather than yeah. a, I, you know, you're being fired because you're a Christian, yeah. or I'm it, quitting. It, it's, it's usually it's because, because as a Christian, I cannot. Can't, I can't be a part, part of this. this. Right. You know, but, but it counts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it, whether, honestly, if somebody told me, you can't do a certain kind of training because we're just not going to fund it, and it was safer, safer, safely, safety related, I'd be like, mm, we need to do this regardless. Well, if you do it, you're going to be fired. Okay, you can go ahead and just fire me now because, you know, we're going to do it. 
Um, but it, but it's 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 an ethical decision. But it's also but it's it's how you approach it and how you approach life and what you do with it. You know, Paul Paul didn't run around complaining about, oh my God, I got to make tents because got to afford my no. Paul just went and made tents and then he preached the gospel. And I think we're called to live our lives in a way that people see the gospel in us, and they don't see the gospel when you're sitting there going. Well, I'm being persecuted because they won't let me do blah blah blah. Read, read, you know, figure it out. You know, it it really, guys. Focus in on what your foundation needs to be, and live your life. And then, hey, I'll be honest. I'll use our old tagline: "Man up and deal with your situations." You know, when you have the foundation, it lets you do that. And I think that's really what we as Christian men need to do. Excellent. Uh... Michael Cropper, take away from you. Yeah, very simply, suffering is not unique to Christians. And and and, and a couple of things, uh, Steve had mentioned the. Uh, oh gosh, what, what what was the disaster you mentioned, Steve? I the, mentioned the, the Turkey disaster. Turkey, Turkey disaster. The, the, yes, the yes, earthquake. Mm-hmm. Primarily a Muslim country. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And then college. Then we know the college students were just killed at Michigan State. Yes. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, two days ago. Uh, the 19 students and two teachers who were killed at Robb Elementary School in Yavaldi. Flooding in India every year takes many lives. Um, it's easy for us, especially if we go through a very difficult time. And right now, as Steve and Bill has mentioned, Bill is going through a difficult time. The first thing that comes through our mind, I'm sure, is why is this happening to me, God? And it still happens to me. I, I've been a Christian 30, 40 years. I, heck, heck, I don't know how long I've been a Christian. But still that first thought when something occurs that I don't want to happen or don't like happening come, pops into my mind and says, why, Lord? And I, then I have to ask myself, and, and Robert touched on this, it's attitude. And then I have to say, boy, Lord, you've really been good to me. Who am I to complain? Who am I to, 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 to question what you are choosing to do with me? So what, what, what's the difference between Christians experiencing disasters and non-Christians suffering disasters? Well, we have hope. We have faith. We believe we have a purpose for living, and that's serving Jesus Christ. We believe that we're part of a godly plan, and God is in this, whether or not we experience it or not. So again, Robert says, the attitude is everything. We try to have a good attitude so that we can help others make it through the same same experiences. And why do we also experience them? Many times so that we can help somebody else when they go through the same experience that we've been through. Uh, so how do men, Christian men, deal with sufferings we face or have other people see other people face? Well, folks, we try to give money to help the victims. We go to the location if we can and help the victims recover. Uh, Bill says that so prevalently what the uh, the the Louisiana people that came over and helped us what the uh, Cajun the, Navy yes Cajun Army Navy uh, and, and then, Navy yeah we show mercy and help but there are many other uh-huh. things we can do folks but the main thing is 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 as men we're supposed to be leaders and we're supposed to reflect these things and make these decisions because people look at us to make those decisions Bill Excellent. 
Steve Ditch. Yeah, one thing that that but Peter talks about here, and and of course Paul does. They, they never lose sight of the fact that Jesus Himself suffered, and that was His mission. And even then, as Paul Paul writes, I mean, he flat out writes, "I worship Christ crucified, a folly to many people, a stumbling block." Which so so even then, people were laughing and you're. you're God came and he allowed himself to get crucified. But that, I think, is is so important. Now, I, I, I'm going to just, you know, back in my Catholic days of training, there were nuns. Uh, some nuns who trained me, and I, I'm going to give them a break because this was still pretty youth school, so you explain things a little. But, but to some nuns, the entire thing was scripted out. I mean, like, <laughs> Pilate had his lines and whatever, and everything happened because God virtually wrote the screenplay. I'm going to be a little more uh, a little more cynical, maybe more cynical than God, and basically say I think God knew very well what was going to happen. Uh, he just dropped Jesus in there and said, "Go stir the pot a bit, go infuriate some people, and it's only a matter of time before you get crucified." Um, he didn't. He didn't. Pilate didn't have to be there because if it wasn't Pilate, it would be somebody else. If it wasn't Caiaphas, it would be somebody else. Jesus would end up on that cross simply because of what he was doing and the message he was giving. Now, the thing is, and that was real suffering, and they all talk about this. But again, the big processing of that is that Pilate, Caiaphas, the world, they didn't have the last word. The, 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 you know, Jesus himself hung on the cross. He did not he asked God to forgive them. He didn't. He didn't call for recriminations. He didn't make threats. He just. He just suffered, died, but in the end, kind of like you know. Well, I, I have the last word here, and I'm God, and that's where our hope comes from, and that's where that's what that's what I think Christians have that that realization, and I think that's the message these guys, these the apostles, are trying to communicate here. We, Jesus did not come down to end suffering. <laughs> it's going to happen. He came down to say it doesn't end with suffering. There, there's, there's a point to all this. And that's and and uh, that's really what the point and, and and that's why I think you need the Holy Spirit in part to get sometimes past. Your, your victimhood. I think there's a tendency, there's a human tendency to get down there and stay there. But, and it takes a degree to, to, to overcome this. We, we hold up people as an example who get past bad things that have happened to them, that have survived war, that have survived illness, that have survived loss of children. Uh, we, we look at them and, and, and we're, sometimes we're amazed that they can have it together. And, and most I, I hate, I, I don't want to point fingers, but most of the people I know who have those and come out with some stable personality or some acceptance are Christian. Um, and and I think there's something to be said for that. I, I think the Holy Spirit gets you sometimes to that point of survivorship. Yeah, um, agree. Because I think it's very difficult to get there on your own. This has been an outstanding podcast. I just wanted to um, throw in just a, a quick takeaway. The vast majority of people work on the fight or flight principle. And 
it seems like there's a lot more flight lately than fight. And understand this. In life, the struggle is the way. You avoid your struggle, and it will follow you like a shadow. Confront it. You'll be glad you did. And thanks so much for tuning in. This is No Church Answers. And once again, thanks to all our sponsors, supporters, all the comments. On behalf of our producer, Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshy. My name is Bill Cox. Our podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate it, leave a review, and if you have any questions or comments, you can go to our Facebook page or nochurchanswers.com and post it there. And if you're unable to attend a church, check out Sugarland Baptist Church streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, sugarlandbaptist.org. Start Sundays at 9.45 a.m. And when you are ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate and find a small group ABF adult Bible fellowship or Sunday school class that can you can join for small group discussions like this and find one that is men only. And if there isn't one, start one and don't take any church answers. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. Tell us what you think. Leave a comment or review. Want to know more about us? Then visit NoChurchAnswers.com and our Facebook page. Check out our video series on our YouTube channel. You can also become a patron of No Church Answers by visiting our Patreon page. No Church Answers is a production of Man Up Spiritual Oasis Media, which is solely responsible for its content. 